Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. There is no cap to how much pleasure you can have. There is a cap to how much pain your body can have, and that usually ends in death. There is not a cap to how much pleasure you can have. And the more that you learn to receive, the expansive and more expressive your life becomes. Welcome back to Open Late. I'm your host, Jessica Spandiari, and this is a Soulfire production. Today, I have with me a long lost girlfriend who I don't even know when the last time we saw each other was maybe nine years ago, eight, nine years ago. Yes, but I want to welcome to the show Torin McGill. She is an author, she is a pleasure embodiment coach, a speaker, an entrepreneur. Um, last time I remember she was also a baker. (laughs) I don't know if you're still, um, up to that, but we are going to dive in today and just kind of follow you on your journey. You have had a major, I think, sexual liberation. I feel like that I saw from the sidelines when we were friends back in the day through my husband, Pasha, and sort of, you know, maybe I was a peripheral friend of yours, but I remember this super empowered woman, Mm. like really on a journey to pave a way for other women. Um, I think as an embodiment coach and sensual dance and things like that, that I would see from you. And it was super inspiring. Yeah. So welcome to the show. Thank you. It is such a great honor to be here. Thank you for having me. And that introduction was super. You get to follow me everywhere. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So just for everybody listening, we haven't really been connected in years, um, you know, other than seeing each other online and like rooting each other on. Um, so I have a ton of catch up that I want to do with you today. Yeah. But before we get into the now, maybe give everybody a glimpse into, you know, how you became this woman that you are today. Um, what was your background like? And maybe what was your real introduction into sex and sexuality? Oh, my background. I grew up in a house where words like penis and vagina were the norm. Um, One of my favorite stories when I was little, I had a friend, little like five, um, and I had a friend who said to me, my dad has a monkey. You want to see it? I was like, yes, I want to see it. And we go to her house to see her dad's monkey and her dad's all embarrassed and like, that's just for mommy and all. And I was like, you mean a penis? that's not a monkey. That's a penis. And I was so disappointed. Like who cares? Everybody has a penis. Everybody has seen that. I wanted to see the monkey. And he called my mom and was like, your daughter is saying words like penis. And she was like, well, my daughter knows the difference between a penis and a monkey. Why is your daughter saying words like monkey? So like, you know, that was that childhood that I grew up in. And that was the life that I had. So I feel like it was always part of the conversation in my house, right? Birth control, you never leave the house without a condom and a quarter because back then you could make a pay phone, phone call with a quarter. So <laughs> if you needed to call home, you had that available to you. 
But then also my house was also a church house. So, you know, there was a time and a place for everything. There was a time and a place for some things. Um, what you wore was definitely important, um, you know, as far as like slips and stockings and dresses and skirts. And that used to be a fight in my house too. Like where in the Bible does it say that I need to wear a skirt? Where? Mm -hmm. Where? So we would have that conversation all the time. So I grew up in a household that was about knowledge and liberation, but it also came with restrictions. And I felt like, well, let's just untangle those. So the becoming of who I am now has always been in progress, has always been since day one, is the short answer to that. Other historical facts. Uh, yes, you are correct. I was a pole dancer, sensual movement. I started actual dancing when I was three in studios, tap, ballet, dance. And it too has its own beautiful form and beautiful expression, but it also comes with its limits, right? Make sure your toes are pointed, make sure your proper is proper, make sure your bun is proper. And so when I found the world of pole dancing and sensual movement, it was about undoing all of that and actually being in your body. And what is it that your body wants to say? What is it that your body is feeling? What is your own emotion versus the choreographed expression? So that became a big unraveling. And then from there, it kept escalating. So I wrote a book, My Voice on Paper, which is a collection of pleasure poems and sexy selfies. And uh, I did work with Mama Gina and Leila Martin. And here we are. <laughs> wow. How old were you when you started pole dancing, when you made the switch? Um, I was working in a law firm and I was 30. So almost like 18 years ago. Okay. So when you were working in a law firm, what was sort of the spark where, were you still dancing at that point, like regularly doing the tap jazz ballet kind of thing? And what was it that sparked that in you where you were like, I want to sort of go on this unraveling. I want to let my body express itself. Was there anything in your life that sort of sparked that major transition? Because I identify a lot with that. And we had talked about this before growing up as dancers, ballet, tap, jazz, everything is very much in its place. And there is a set way to do everything. Mm -hmm. And yeah. So what was that for you? Uh, I was, I had actually first got introduced to the movement itself on a weekend. Um, and a girlfriend and I, who I call my sister, we had gone to a come learn how to pole dance weekend. And that was like, okay. And this was before the studio in San Francisco even opened. My sister is also a dancer. So this was like wide open to the both of us. And we're like, what is this? And so I had started taking dance at the studio when the studio opened and they sent out a call of, Hey, we're looking for instructors. And I was like, well, I mean, all I'd have to do is audition. Right. So, I mean, they could say yes, or they could say no. And I immediately called my sister and I was like, uh, should I apply for this? I was like, yes. And it was literally the day before the audition notice was due that I sent in the application at my job at the law firm, sending in the application of, why I should become a pole dance instructor. And one of the questions was, what is your body doing? It's like, my body is dying in the world of corporate. And mm. I could feel it. I could feel the heaviness. I could feel the weight. I could feel, you know, like when you're a dancer and you step off stage and then you haven't danced, there's this gap. And then in that gap, 
there are things that start to attach themselves to your body or that start to get um, bigger in your body because now they're unexpressed. And so I could feel that. I could feel my body dying. And I literally had developed um, endometriosis while at the law firm. So now my body's in extreme pain and my body is dying. <laughs> it's like, I need to get out. So I auditioned and they said, yes. <laughs> and the rest is history. Yes. <laughs> wow. I love this. So, okay. I have a million questions and I yeah. want to take it in a million directions. You know what I think is interesting? Did you then shift out of the corporate world? What has that journey been like? Because I actually don't even know if you're yeah. still kind of like, you know, dancing over here and being at a law firm over here, because I don't know your life, girl. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. So yes, I left that law firm and went and taught pole dancing central movement full time for a good, um, for a good, like eight ish years. Um, and then there was a small gap and I stopped teaching. Um, I stopped teaching in that area and came home to teach my nephew specifically and like get him out of first grade, out of second grade, out of third grade. Um, and then there was a studio here that was like, come teach, come teach here. And I was like, eh, I mean, I'm kind of done. She was like, uh, I kind of bet you're not. So I went and I taught there. So for overall, I kind of taught for a total of like 16, 17 years. Um, and then in between time, I did other things, opened the bakery, went back to corporate kind of part-time back to the law firm as like a floater, you know, firms would call me and be like, Hey, so-and-so's out on vacation. Can you come and sit at their desk? Or so-and-so's out at maternity leave. Can you come sit at their desk? So I did that for a little while. But when I opened the bakery, I don't know how much longer ago that was now, maybe eight years ago, I quit corporate altogether. So now I'm doing the pole dancing and the bakery. And the bakery was all about bringing pleasure back to food um, because we as humans are pleasure beings and we forget that. And when we decide we need to change our life, the first thing we decide we need to get rid of is pleasure. And that is like the biggest mistake I feel like we as humans have made as humans on the planet. So the goal with the bakery was to bring pleasure back to food. Let me tell you how to eat it. Let me show you how to be mindful with your food. Let me show you how to be present. Let me show you how to taste it. Um, so I named everything that was, you know, all about inviting the senses all the way in from a pure indulgence brownie to a sweet desire coconut cake. And how do you sit with this food? And how do you essentially be in love with what you're eating so that it is pleasure filled in your body? Mm, I love it so much. And it's so true. I think we live in a culture that doesn't, um, we don't see a lot of value in pleasure. Right. We see value in production. Yes. You know, we live in a capitalistic society, you know, and I think a lot of what inherently makes us human is our pleasure-based practices. And so we live, you know, in a world that really benefits from us being disconnected from our bodies, which I know is a lot of what you talk about and what I've been so drawn to watching your work over the years. And I'm like, oh, I have to get torn on the show. <laughs> so something that you said really, really like struck me. And it was when you realized that your body was dying in corporate. 
Um, and then you mentioned endometriosis. So I'd love to kind of go into this yeah. um, if we can, because so I, I didn't realize that you worked with mom or maybe I did realize you work with mama Gina, but you know, you like know things and then you forget them. Um, and, and Layla Martin, you said, so I am just getting ready to read pussy for the <gasps> first time. Yes. Yeah, I know. I've never read it. I don't, it's, mm. and it's funny. I've been carrying it around the house for about a week. This is a habit that I have where I carry a book with me as if I'm going to read it in my yard, on my couch, into the kitchen, sometimes back to my office, but I've only so far read the foreword, but it talks about the correlation between health and sexual pleasure for women. And so when you said that, I was like, when you said, you know, I had developed endometriosis, I was like, oh, I read in the foreword of this book. I would love to know about your sort of experience with your, you know, reproductive health. And then if you want to talk about your experience at the School for Womenly Arts and, and what that's been like and how that's opened you up and really just all of it. I mean, I'll let you lead and, and um, see where we go. But I think my listeners would really love to hear about this stuff. Yes. So what I can say for sure is pleasure heals. That is a downright automatic fact. Uh, it has been proven true in my own body. It has been proven true in the women I've worked with and the clients that I work with and the places that I've experienced it. I just know that as a fact. Um, and there's science behind it, right? Because the more pleasure that you're in, the more feel good, oxytocin, um, all the endorphins are released into your body and it literally allows yourself to expand. And so when you're in expansive, elevated state, you can then you know, manifest your healing, or you can then bring in your healing. Or what actually I believe happens is you then allow your own body to remove and to be in pleasure in its own emotion. So for my own case, endometriosis to me started when I was working at the law firm. And it was this deep, deep pain in my uterus. It really felt like my ovaries were being twisted and then like pulled upon. And then it would feel like this hot knife, like wrenching through my uterus. And I had no idea what this was. It was like, I don't really, I don't, I don't really know. And I had an OBGYN that was a woman. And she literally said to me, people live with chronic pain all the time. And I said back to her, I'm not one of them. That's why I'm here. Because otherwise I could be a pain by myself. Right. So we did all of the tests and all of the things and, you know, sent me to all the other doctors. And I'm like, well, it looks like you have endometriosis. And I'm like, oh, yay. So uh, did all of the drugs to combat that, to combat my period to, you know, the theory was if you stop bleeding, then you'll stop being in pain. So did birth controls from here to here to here to here to here, um, trying to find the right one. and. Our society has, like you said, this great bonus of us being disconnected. So the more pain I'm in, the more drugs I need, the more I hurt, the more doctors I need to see, the more they don't know, the more specialists we need to call in. So it was never, nobody ever asked me, are you in pleasure or is there pleasure in your life? Or that was never a question. So we did that whole roller coaster for a very long time, a very long time. Um, I then left the law firm, went to go teach pole dancing. And my sister had said to me, you should go see this iridologist. She reads your irises and tells you 
what's going on with your body. And I was like, okay, because I've yeah. tried everybody else. So she cannot I'll try anything. anything. Exactly. And I got there and she was like, um, uh, we need to put you on a little detox. We need to do this. We need to do this. And she started introducing other things like chlorophyll and, you know, vitamin D and, uh, green teas and things of a more holistic nature. And, and like I said, I was also no longer in the corporate world, which is where my body started to die to begin with. So leaving that, going on to a holistic path, but still nobody had said to me, is there pleasure in your life? Have you had an orgasm today? When was the last time you thought about an orgasm? When was the last time you've sat with your own pussy? When was nobody, nobody is making these connections. And it wasn't until I actually don't have a year on it, but it wasn't until I started connecting myself. Like I got a drop in of like, oh, we are pleasure beings. Like we have literally been made for pleasure, whether it be how you like your hair stroked to how you love your hands rubbed, everything about your body, everything about your body is about creating a sensory feel good experience. Um, so when that dropped in, I was like, oh, then I need to, I need to find some pleasure. (laughs) Easy. (laughs) Okay. Let's get on the train. And I think it was 2018. I'm now pretty exhausted. I'm running a bakery 15 hours a day, still teaching pole dance, still pouring out to other people. And, uh, I had decided I needed someone to pour into me. And I was like, and I need it to be somebody pretty great. And because of my relationship with pole dance, I had always heard of Mama Gina, but had never inquired about her work. So I make this declaration out into the universe. I need to be poured into, and I need it to be someone great. And up pops an ad for Mama Gina's experience in New York. I was like, okay, I'm going. (laughs) I have whole body chills. And my nipples are hard. They always get hard when something is right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know exactly the point that endometriosis developed. And I don't know exactly the point that it was healed. But I can tell you at my last visit, they were like, we see no signs. And I'm like, awesome. So. Yeah. Wow. And you've had no symptoms and no pain. None. Wow. It's incredible. So incredible. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that story and being so candid. And because there's one thing I know, and I've, you know, had my own reproductive health issues, but so many women that I work with in women's circles or retreats, we talk all about emotional health and wellness, but I'm not a doctor, but many people talk to me about their physical health and wellness and endometriosis seems to be across the board. Like, uh, I mean, like one in two women that I work with have some form of whether it's endometriosis or really, you know, challenging cycles or pain in some way focused on this area. And I think the more I learn spiritually, the more it's no wonder why we are living this way as women. And the more that we can reconnect and reclaim pleasure, um, the healthier the healthier we are. Yes. So I'm like, I really want to go and work with Mama Gina. And oh, I feel like good. this is my sign. <laughs> she's good. She's good. Like, so the, 
you know, COVID changed everything for everybody. And she had already planned to stop doing live events in 2019. Mm. And I was in her last live experience, you know, to date. It can change, of course, obviously, coming future. But she does have stuff online. So definitely recommend reading her book. Um, I definitely recommend uh, working with her online. She is phenomenal. She is one of those superheroes you didn't know that you needed. You know what I mean? Like, you didn't know you needed a pussy superhero, but she is the superhero. <laughs> That's amazing. I love what is what is a pussy superhero? What is the what are the qualifications? Yeah, she's yeah. pretty great. So I definitely recommend it. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Let's, let's talk about pleasure poems. Yes. Yeah. So what was the inspiration? Um, you know, what are they like? I don't know if you want to share one. Oh, I would love to share one. So let's talk about it first. What had happened was <laughs> I I'm a creative, as we've talked about before. Um, I used to be a professional actress, professional dancer, blah, blah, blah. And I had never considered myself a poet. A writer? Sure. A poet? No. Um, but I was in the middle of taking pictures of myself, and it seemed like I was missing from the picture. So every photo, I was like, I don't, I don't know what this is, but I'm not in this picture. Like, clearly, that's a picture of me but I'm not in it. And as I was transitioning from the tools that I used to take photos with, I thought, you know, it must be my technical thing. I must not yet have learned how to do this thing. And so a friend of mine had a class with Evian Whitney that she wanted to take called Sexting Myself. And I was like, yeah, I need to take this class because I don't know how to do it. Like, I, I don't know what's doing. And so I took Evian Whitney's Sexting Myself. And in that, I learned what was missing from my photos of me was my own turn on. I was no longer alive. I was no longer turned on. I was no longer effervescent. I was no longer, um, I was no longer. So in taking Evian Whitney's Sexting Myself, what started to happen is my poetry started to evolve within itself. And it started because I sent my best friend a text and I was like, I just sent this text to a guy. And she was like, you wrote that? I'm like, yeah. She's like, your shit's like poetry. I'm like, it is? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, interesting. Okay. So I had to sit with that for a very long time. Like, 
I'm a poet. And that best friend and I were doing an event and we were going to sell our own wares at the end of the event. So I'm going to sell the baked goods. And at that time, that's all that I had. And she had a book and she had hair products and she had a face line. And I was like, I want a book to sell. And she was like, well, you have to write it. Oh, (laughs) okay. I have to write the book. And so as I'm doing Evian's work and the poetry is now, I'm now aware and aligned that I'm a poet. The words start flowing themselves together. And Mm -hmm. I put a poem over a photo and I sent them to both of my best friends. And I said, kiddingly, this is the next book. And they were like, write it. And so my voice on paper, um, a collection of pleasure poems and sexy selfies was written. Wow. How long ago was this? Uh, five years ago now. Amazing. Yeah. And I did it all on an iPhone. So for those of you out there who are like, I can't write my book until, until, until I took all of the photos, wrote all of the poems, did all of the editing, did all of the everything, all of the coalition, because I didn't have a computer on my iPhone 7. Wow. Did you self-publish? I did. Also on my iPhone. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Shout out to Apple. (laughs) Yeah. So I did all of that on my phone. Yeah. I'd love to read you a piece. Yes. Please do. Yes. So this is my book. You can find it on my website, torymiguel.com. And let's see. I think the biggest part is recognizing that we as a society have collapsed words together, like pleasure and sex. We automatically assume that when I'm talking about pleasure, I'm talking about sex. Um, So the biggest part I think about this book, The Pleasure Bones, is that it definitely allows the reader to start knowing the difference from sex and pleasure. By all means, let's have pleasurable sex, by all means. And I'm also aware there are plenty of people out in the world who are not having pleasurable sex. There are plenty of people in the world who do not know that sex was actually made to be pleasurable. There are plenty of people who don't know that. But, and also, when we're talking about bringing pleasure back to your life, it is not just sex. May it include your sex, but it also includes the shower that you take. It also includes the food that you eat. It also includes the materials that you put in your house, that you walk on, that light you up. That So it includes so many other things than just sex. So in this book, there are um, several examples of that. and. Okay. This one is called Metamorphosis. And I think it's a perfect example of our conversation since we talked about my endometriosis journey. My body is changing and I am trying to let her be, but she seems to be changing in ways I didn't design. Not at all what I had in mind. My hips are getting wider and my ass seems to be getting flatter, but I didn't like her anyway, right? So what does it matter? It's not that I didn't or don't like her. It's just that I don't like how some dance teachers, ballet teachers, fitness instructors insist that she needs to be smaller in order to participate or to be any good. Since I was a child to now in my adulthood, I don't like how I can't walk down the neighborhood without somebody, 
male talking to my ass as if she's her own entity, separate from me. I don't like how jeans don't fit. I don't like how I don't like, I don't like, and I don't like. There have been, are, those who have worshipped at my temple and who refer to my ass as powerful and amazing. With great power comes great responsibility. I am not responsible for you not being an ass or an asshole. I am not responsible to make sure you see me as a whole person. I am not responsible for reminding you that no, you may not rest your hand or your glass unless you were invited. And I don't want to hear your comment. Keep it to yourself. It does not compliment me. Keep my ass out your mouth. Unless you were invited. I couldn't hide her if I tried. She sits where she sits. But I often wish she didn't get the attention she gets. When I started this new regime, the one that is changing my body, I said to a friend of mine, I'm not sure the world can handle my ass any more powerful. I'm not sure I can. And this beloved friend of mine said, we'll be just fine. So I am responsible to honor the body I have. I am responsible to keep my muscles strong and allow my ass to sit up on her throne. I am responsible for my expression, for it is my own. I am responsible to love, honor, and cherish. I am responsible to recognize my body is my vehicle, my expression, in sickness and in health, till death do us part. I am responsible for the gifts I have been given, each and every. Wow. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you. That was beautiful. Thank you. That was so beautiful. Little snaps, little snaps. Ah, I love how you really wove together such intimate parts of your experience. Mm. Um, I think there's like obviously a collective experience as women, um, but I also really appreciate sort of getting to listen to the experience of you know an African American woman that I think is very inherent to your heritage, the way, you know, at least from my perspective as like a white woman in this country, how African-American women and their bodies have been over-sexualized and stigmatized for millennia, obviously. Mm -hmm. So I deeply appreciate you giving a voice to that and just hope that so many more people read and listen to your work. Thank you. Um, because if it's all like that, it's incredible. Um, I would love for you to share at all, just really what that piece means to you. Um, what, what comes up for you when you read it? I'm sure this isn't, you know, you've, you've read it tons of times, but as the author and sort of carrier of this work and these words, like what comes out when you're sharing it? Lots of things. And I love your recognition of the experience of black women in particularly, I mean, anti-blackness is a worldwide situation, but particularly for us here in North America, 
Um, there are many times in my life that I have tried to make myself smaller to make myself invisible because particularly the white people in the world seem to think that I belong to them. You know, like, let me touch your hair or let me just put my hand on your ass or let me just. And so in writing this and in rereading it today, what really came up was the reclamation of one, my pleasure is for me and not for you. So that means my body is for me and not for you. And, you know, it was kind of also a, let me put you in your place because it's your place that needs to change, not mine. Um, right. So it's the whole changing of how the world is used to seeing black bodies in pain and will repost that a thousand times over, or, you know, back in the day, everybody would gather for a lynching. That is great TV, right? But the world is unaware how the black body was made to be loved, how the black body is made for pleasure, how the black body is expansive, particularly my own, right? So in reading this today, it's that back to that reclamation of untangling myself from what it is you think I should be and reminding myself that I am sovereign divinity and holy and all that I need to be and that my existence is really for me and you get the benefit of seeing it and being a part of it so yes wow thank you yeah thank you for sharing that I'm so glad you chose this piece to write about because it's really it's important to me, you know, just as a host of the show, um, you know, I talk a lot about non-monogamy on the show, naturally, um, and sexuality, of course. But um, as you said earlier, we have a problem of collapsing our language. And so I think looking at each piece and each aspect of sexuality, um, womanhood, um, race, gender, obviously, and giving voices to different communities is really important to me, mm. um, non-monogamy or not. I think as a whole, as a country, as, as a species, yes. we could really benefit from seeing each other in our sovereignty, in our individuality, in our divinity. As you said, I, I loved those, those words. And if we just respected each other, as each their own and didn't find ownership in anything, um, we would all find so much peace. Um, and of course, you know, it's easy for me to sit here and say this when I live the life that I live and I know many people do not have access to peace the way that I can create peace in my life. You know, I think just by having these conversations, you know, we're doing something important. And, you know, it's funny because that's really what non-monogamy is all yeah. about. It's not finding ownership in partnership, right? Right. Marriage does not mean that we belong to one another. Right. It means we choose each other. I have a piece that says exactly that. I belong to me and I choose you. You are a guest here. Yeah. So yeah, it's definitely important. And I think it's, and so that's part of my work is igniting people back into their sovereignty and their divinity through their bodies, right? Like let's first get you safe in your own body. When we are not safe in our own bodies, we do outlandish, awful things. When we are disconnected from our own sovereignty and our own divinity, we do outlandish, stupid, horrendous things. When we can come back home and be safe 
in our own body. And, and there are many reasons that we leave our body, right? Because somebody else has taken advantage. Somebody else has done something hurtful. I've experienced too much and I don't know how to hold it. So let me just abort, abort, abort. Let me get numb. Let me not be here. So there are many reasons mm-hmm. that we leave our body and I have left my body many a time. So I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just saying that when we create safety in our bodies, when we can create safety at home, when we can be at home and our body, and then we can be allowed to experience and remind ourselves of who we really are, of our own divinity, of our own sovereignty, of our own sexual expression, not what society told you it should look like. Um, And you have a safe place or a safer place to explore that, a softer landing place to explore that. Then you get to be your own king, your own queen, your own royal being, your own sovereign. And I think the more of us who are turned on in our own sovereignty and in divinity, the more peace the world will have, the more healing the world will have, the more sacredness the world will remember of who we are. Mm-hmm. Aho. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. Amen to that. Um, I want to talk a little bit about your work. So you mentioned that's like really the foundation of it. And we chatted really briefly before we start record, started recording. And I said, let's just hit record. Um, Because I like, don't want to, I always get, I'm like, oh, this is so juicy. Why aren't we recording? So you expressed, and actually I think you shared this with me a couple of weeks ago when I reached out that you have a container specifically for Mm -hmm. men right now. And so what does that look like? What inspired that, that you want to work specifically with men in this way? Um, And then, yeah, I'd love to talk about your other programs. Yes. So I work with everybody. I work with men, with women, and with couples. That being said, as everybody, Um, I realize that that is a very binary conversation, but that is who I work with. Um, And my container for men was really sparked out of many places. I love men. I love them. They are beautiful, gracious creatures. They are also the most wrapped up in the patriarchal conversation, uh, whether it be in the way that they walk or whether it be in the way that they stand or sit or talk or do or don't do. And as I work with women, a lot of them, and I've worked with women, you know, since I started pole dancing and before that, a lot of their conversations to me are, where do I find these men who are aware? Where do I find these men who... And so it is in my servitude to my sisterhood that I was like, okay, I will do this work. I will work with the men. And it became a calling of like, uh, it's so fascinating to me because our society as sex education and as design, I mean, even as far as a car's design, it's designed around the man's body, right? It's not designed around a woman or in any kind of way. So our world is designed around men, but our world is not taking care of men. Our world is not allowing them to cry, to be held, to be seen, to be emotional. Our world has this great patriarchal expectation that they are further than detached from who they really are. And so the call of getting to the heart of the matter, right? Like, Um, what I say I do is I erect conscious cocks and I awaken sex gods and I liberate potent pussies and I awaken sex goddesses. 
that's my work. So this current container that I have available for men is a four months coaching container and it's one-on-one time with me and it's virtual. So you can be anywhere in the world and it's a matter of untangling that of which you should be doing and that of which you thought you should be doing to revealing that of which who you are so that your heart is connected to your cock so that your cock is connected to your heart. Um, I believe there are three core areas of life, your mind, your body, and your soul. And I believe those are the same three core areas of pleasure, your mind, your body, and your soul. So I work with the three of them to integrate you into your one divine sovereign being. Hmm. This is magical. I am so excited. Also like, you know, as long as they're okay with it, because of course some people love to remain anonymous, you know, when the men graduate that program, <laughs> let me know, because all the women, all the women that I've been working with recently are like, where are the men? Like when you said that, where are the aware men? I've heard that so, so much. And, you know, I feel so lucky and so blessed. I, I have a beautiful community in LA and we do you know, a lot of this work together, whether it's personal development work, the, you know, um, medicine work ceremony. Um, and so I do meet a lot of men this that are, that are like this, but not everybody has access right. to what we have in our community. And so we get to do these virtual containers. I mean, how effortless is it that we can hop online nowadays and you, you men, you guys can have access to Torin's expertise in all of these areas. Um, and I just think anyone that's going to be working with you is so, so lucky um, because you're welcome. I mean, I think that you've been doing what you're doing for your entire life. Like you said, raised in a very, I think, conscious and accepting household when it came to sexuality. So, you know, I think from a very early age, it's like you were primed for this, for this type of work. And that's really special because you know, not to say that it's, it's better or worse, or, you know, you, you naturally have more experience. Other people have gone through things like, you know, emerging out of shame or having to unlearn a lot of things about sexuality, as I'm sure you still mm -hmm. have. Um, but I think what I'm trying to say is you have such a unique perspective. And as a woman who's been so sexually empowered and liberated, um, it's going to be such a pure space mm -hmm. for men to just feel that acceptance and you're going to elevate them like to a place. Oh, these women are so lucky or these men are so lucky that they end up with or whoever they end up with everyone, every folk in between, you know, for those listening, I, I can't recommend enough. Like I have a lot of other friends on who are either coaches or facilitators. Um, and people ask me all the time, well, how do I talk to my partner about it? Or I'm single and like, I'm really interested in going to like a play party, but like, I just don't know where to start or I'm just nervous or I'm scared. I think that actually getting a coach around whether it's sex and sexuality or anything is like the first step in putting yourself out there because there's a lot of self-acceptance that gets to happen before I think you physically step into these yes. spaces. Um, I just did a story two days ago about the sex bucket list. Mm. A previous guest of mine, Layla Martin, she's the Curious Girl Diaries and she has a sex bucket list. So I told people, tell me what's on your sex bucket list. And I got like a hundred 
different things. And it was wild. And I shared a lot of them, but so many people were like, this is on my bucket list, but I'm sure it'll never Mm. happen because they're not living that sexually liberated lifestyle. And you guys, we have one life. Like, what are you waiting for? So I think I'm on the soapbox about working with a coach can help you sort of unravel all of the shoulds and the have tos and the and the shame and the guilt that is living in your body. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that you like think you have to stay in line with when you when you don't. And so, yeah, I imagine four months with you would be like. Let's shake Thank you. So the men's container for four months is called Just the Tip. It's Just the Tip uh, cock version of Pleasure Infusion, and it's four months with me. Um, I also have a four month in a packet for women, and it's called the Pussy Power version. So um, yes, four months is just the tip, right? Like there's a lifetime on unraveling, but in four months' time, we're able to unravel some of the bigger things, and that allows you to expand. So if your goal is to become multi-orgasmic or to have a longer starter, longer, harder erection, if you're not aware of the internal conversation that you're having that's keeping that from being possible for you, a coach is a great way to be like, huh, okay, let's look at this piece. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, I think that I'm like, I'm actually fresh out of questions because we covered so much um, in this conversation that I think I want to just maybe give it to you and open up, you know, any last thing that you would want to share with this audience. Um, You know, as I mentioned, I have a lot of people that are interested in living an alternative relationship style, whether that be open or polyamorous or monogamish. I also have a lot of monogamous listeners. I have a lot of single people. Um, who listen to this show, or I don't even love the word single anymore. So shout out to all of my people who are uncoupled. What's a message that you would want to share with this community about pleasure reclamation Mm. and the work that you do? One little note you can leave us with. Uh, I would say pleasure heals and pleasure is the sustainable path. It is the, Mm. um, I would also say there is no cap to how much pleasure you can have. There is a cap to how much pain your body can have, and that usually ends in death. There is not a cap to how much pleasure you can have. And the more that you learn to receive, the expansive and more expressive your life becomes. Mm. That is a quote in itself (laughs) as I'm scribbling it down right now. Um, Thank you for that. I appreciate you and your work so, Mm -hmm. so much. Dear, dear, long lost friend. I'm so glad to see your face and be here with you. I appreciate your work and your stand and your life. Thank you for existing and then creating platforms for others to be around in as well. And so well bragged, creating a community that has open-minded and elevated people. That's totally awesome. Congratulations on that. Yeah, thank you. It's really special. And I definitely... um, yeah, love it and respect it and don't take it yeah. for granted because it's rare. Okay, where can everyone find you? I'm going to put this in the show notes. So um, those of you listening, you can definitely find it and like copy and paste it. But, but for my people who are audio only, let us know where we can find you. I am all over the interwebs at Tora McGill. So you can find me on LinkedIn. 
uh, Facebook, Instagram as Tori McGill. There's also a website, torimcgill.com. Um, like I said, there's a four month container now open for men and women. There's also, if you prefer just a 90 minute intensive, like I need to just get in it and get in it. Um, and that's called the pleasure experience, a potency induction. And you can also find that on Instagram as well. Yay. Torin, thank you so much. This has been such a joy sending you Mm. so much love. Thank you. Thank you. It's been so great to see you. Such an extreme pleasure to be in space with you today. Thank you for having me, Jessica. Mm. So good to see you. Mm. Yeah. Okay, loves. That's been another beautiful episode. I highly encourage you. Definitely go check out Torin's work. Grab the book. Oh my God. As she read that poem, I was like whole body chills. Um, And let me know what you thought of the episode. It's so important. Um, If you enjoyed it, screenshot it, tag me in it, tag Torin so that we can kind of be a part of your pleasure reclamation journey. I love to hear from all of you. Don't hesitate to DM me. I love you all. Have a great night. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, podcast listener. Do you love talking about movies, music, TV, comics, and games? Then you should be listening to The Great Pop Culture Debate, back in Bigger Than Ever for Season 9. This season, the panelists discuss the best James Bond film, the best Elton John single, the best Nickelodeon original series, the best Batman villain, and so much more. Find the show wherever you listen to podcasts, or head to greatpopculturedebate.com. More than 100 topics are already available. Subscribe today.